0: On this episode of AV Week, voice control among consumers, getting ready for resi and designing and installing dynamic workspaces. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you
1: listening to? This, this is AV. This. This, this is this AV, AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode three sixty eight, recorded Friday, September fourteenth, two thousand eighteen. Messing with Donalds.
2: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crest Drive and by FSR.
0: This is AV Week, your weekly wrap up of audio visual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to talk about the news and information that we have gathered this week. First and foremost. Her name is Kirsten Nelson, and she is a fantastic uh, AV industry uh, veteran. She knows a lot of stuff. Welcome, ma'am.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with this very great group of people.
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, (laughs) Also (laughs) with us uh, is an old friend. Uh, His name is Justin Kennington, and he is from the SDVOE Alliance. Welcome, sir.
1: Thank you, Tim. I am, to this point, withholding judgment on this group of people.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh no, no no This is a great group. This is this is, is going to be fantastic. I mean, uh, cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Yes, I mean I'm here, so that automatically d- discounts it. But other than that, the of gr- <laughs> the group is great. Fantastic. Uh, and you've already given us a bad impression on our on our new guest who has not been on yet, but she is uh, <laughs> also fantastic. Her name is Caitlin uh, Orsini, and she is from Plantronics. Welcome, ma'am. Hi, uh, how's it going? Good. Good, good to be here. So much, yeah. Thanks for, so much for joining us. Uh, all right. So our first uh, story this week comes to us from CMO.com, talking about a new study uh, concerning consumers and voice services. The study surveyed a thousand homes with smart devices and voice services. One of the findings was that 31% of those surveyed used voice services for smart home control, which I find fascinating. Colin Morris from Adobe Analytics said in the article, quote unquote, technology trends come and go, but we think voice is here to stay. Uh, I would actually echo that. Kirsten, we'll start on you uh, with, with you on this. What does this consumer adoption mean for the AV industry as a whole?
2: Uh, yeah, I like that you said I would echo that when you're talking about
0: voice. Okay. <laughs> that was, you know, no, pretty too, but thank you.
2: That was clever. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's the understatement of the year. I think that's, wow, newsflash, voice is here to stay. Um, I definitely agree. I've talked to a lot of, um, and when I think about the consumer side it's, it's going to be how we're interacting with brands. You know, I was just talking about this with somebody at Starbucks the other day. We were talking about how I I know a bunch of brand agencies are already working on the specific voices um, that brands are going to have, like the nuances of the voice, you know, they're already so far ahead of us. Brands are already working on the fact they're going to be interacting with us primarily that way. So I think, I think what it means is we're going to have to be savvy to what, like the actual experience of a voice, what the expectations are. You know, it's not just, you know, as we listen to Alexa change her tone and kind of gradually become a little more casual in her responses as she learns from us. Oh, she's responding to me right now. Oops. (laughs) Um, I think that uh, we're gonna have to be cognizant of that as we're doing commercial installs too. Like, what does this voice have to sound like? What does it have to recognize? What tasks does it need to manage? But moreover, what how do we identify what does that say about the space we're in like does it need to sound like how when we're at microsoft does it need to sound you know it's just kind of a it's about the vibe that the voice is creating
0: all right that works um caitlin from from your standpoint but being on plantronics i'm going to ask you about manufacturers what does it mean for manufacturers as voice becomes not only in, in in residential but also as it moves into commercial what do manufacturers need to know
3: well, you know, I mean, we're really interested in this space, uh, particularly how voice is going to cross over into the enterprise, um, be accepted or be, you know, unaccepted or skeptical um, um, in the enterprise. I think in terms of, of, you know, manufacturers, I, you know, we're seeing uh, people obviously wearing their headsets in the office, talking to, you know, on voice calls, on video calls. But now there's this new sort of uh, uh, jobs to be done if you will if you know that uh, metaphor now you can control things with your voice i think it's always going to be uh still you know delightful when you say turn on the lights and lights actually turn on i mean i don't know from where i stand i still think that's a magical moment there's a lot of magical moments to be created um but i will say that voice is very personal i think back to kirsten's point what does it sound like how does it feel um and there's still a lot of discovery um Issues in the space. How does a consumer know that they can order things online? That that's what I thought was really interesting about this. Um, the study is that you know it's always been oh smart speakers they play music, yeah. Well, they're a speaker, so they play music. Um, what else can we do with it? Now we're seeing people doing calling, doing shopping. It's just the beginning. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, Justin, from your standpoint, either from what what integrators need to know, but also from manufacturers, because you've you you've done been in manufacturing. several years, so what do manufacturers need to know and then how can they help the integrators as they move into this space?
1: I don't know how to solve the problem of these things listening to me all the time freaks me out. (laughs) I don't have an Alexa, I don't want an Alexa, I'm not installing an NSA listening device in my home. Um, If I'm in a public space, like okay fine, expectation of privacy is lower. But I mean seriously, what we're talking about here is this thing's going to listen to, record, and transmit everything you say. I get it to a big bank of computers, not to somebody who's just like actually cares what I'm talking about at home. But when your
2: phone your phone is already could be activated for that purpose too, so you know.
1: That's that's why I keep a drill in my desk and I just put it right through the back of my phone to make sure it's dead. I didn't know you're right. I get it. I mean, could be, could be. But here's devices that are like designed to be, right? I mean, at some point I'm going to have to trust that yeah. somebody who made this phone isn't, you know, trying to spy on me through the back door. If they are, that's a sort of massive trust violation and I'm sure they'll get in big trouble for it one day. Yeah. Uh, but these devices are designed for listening and they're providing a service. Like it's of value. I don't question that. I just I'm I'm sharing my own Luddite tendencies here. I guess like I don't have one. I don't want one for these reasons And so and so how much of the market does that attitude represent? I don't know and And if it's significant how in the world the manufacturers attack that problem. I sort of can't uh, Imagine I mean Apple's approach is part of it right again. There's there's trust here I'm trusting that the system works the way I'm told but you know Siri only listens when I'm explicitly talking to Siri Um, and so, like, I'm cool with that. I talk to Siri. I tell Siri to turn my lights on and off, <laughs> um, you know. To, but that so let me, let me, let me, again, ask, it me
0: out. Yeah. Let me ask this, though. Is, is it maybe a generational thing? Because you, you said the expectation, expectation of privacy in public is a little bit less than, than your home. Is it maybe a generational thing where folks who are maybe younger than you coming up behind you that they have a less expectation of privacy. So a device that's listening that helps them in their daily life, whether it's in the home or in the office, they get that and they, they understand that and it's it's a natural thing. Or do you think that it is maybe, you know, folks who are concerned about privacy simply don't want these things. And, and so they won't be part of their work environment.
1: Well, I think it's all trends, right? I think it is likely that, uh, that these darn kids today just, uh, <laughs> It will be more open to it, right? I guess. I guess they live in that that strange social media, put everything on the internet. I guess I should also say that, like, I personally barely have any social media accounts. What what I do post online about myself is all false. Uh, so, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I yeah,
3: I, I'm actually kind of seeing. Um, I mean, I hate to use the term millennials because I hate that, but. If we talk about the younger demographic, I think there's a, more, a much more education around privacy and an expectation of, hey, I wanted to listen this time, and I don't want to listen this time, and they understand that. I don't think that they necessarily post everything all the time, overshare all of them. I think they're very actually responsible about, this is my work life, this is what I want it, how I want to be, this is what I want to share. This is my social life. This is my, you know, art account where I post my, my crafts or whatever. Um, so I think they're quite savvy um, in terms of, you know, I agree. There has to be a value added um, in order to give up or, or not give up or be comfortable with a different uh, sense of policy. Um, so I, I am seeing uh, some of that kind of um, implementation. For example, there's a push to talk way to talk to these voice assistants. So that they're not always on, they're not listening for that wake word. Um, so I think there's options for sure.
0: No. So it doesn't have to be all, you know all or nothing, Justin. You you can turn them off. You can mute them. There's a
1: button. Hey, I tell you, I talked to Siri. Siri controls my Lutron lights. I'm getting a plug-in for my favorite lighting control guys. <laughs> That's not paid. I've paid no, nothing. Uh, you
3: know, w- Siri, Siri can be listening all the time though. I think it's interesting that you trust Siri, but I you don't know. know. I know. Uh-huh.
2: Friend
0: Caitlin, I will give you a piece of advice. Do not just don't don't try to understand Justin's logic. I just. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, our next story comes from AvNetwork.com, <laughs> and Henry Clifford asking if you are "quote unquote" ready for resi This term resi mercial which is a combination of residential and commercial, in case you didn't catch that. Oh, I thought that was residential. No, 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 I was in <laughs> uh, popularity as, as residential integrators are doing more and more uh, commercial. Infocom this year at, at the show in Vegas had an integrated life section on, on the show floor. We've done stories on our residential show with Matt Scott, ResiWeek. Uh, actually, our, our AV social team took a look at this uh, this week as well. From the article, quote unquote, you already understand talking to the, the residential dealers. You already understand residential custom installation inside and out. Your company is used to fielding calls at all hours of the day. Imagine a client who uses your surfaces during normal business hours. Does that sound too good to be true? Some of that is is accurate. I would suggest to Mr. Clifford that uh, he may be painting a a too rosy of a picture for residential dealers because there are certainly some commercial clients who will call you, quote unquote, after hours. Uh, I've had some. I'm sure that you guys have as well. Uh, Caitlin, I want to start with you on this. What sort of hurdles, as, as these folks get into, do they have to overcome when they're looking at what has traditionally been, you know, just the homeowner and, and their home, and they start moving into the office and the work environment?
3: Yeah, you know, I think it's quite interesting from my perspective, because I've typically worked with or thought about uh, mobile workers um, who are taking calls from their home, who are taking calls from the airport, and I find it interesting... Um, to see now, oh, you know, it's an open office, it's, there's more noise. So I think um, from our perspective, you know, understanding how you make the audio quality uh, hold up in, in environments that, that are common at home and on, on the go, but now are going to be more common actually in the office itself.
0: That makes sense. Justin, how would you advise a residential dealer uh, wanting to get into commercial?
1: I think it's it's funny that you asked the question that way, because as I read this article about commercial spaces, I thought to myself, first of all, these, I mean, these spaces are real, right? This trend is real. I don't have any questions about that. But then this article goes on to argue that, like, this is a great way for for residential integrators to move into commercial. But these are, from a technology perspective, these are commercial spaces, right? From an aesthetic perspective, they're sort of residential. but you know, oh, people want to bring their own device and use an iPad, like, yeah, because they do that at home. And yes, that's possible in the commercial environment, but only using commercial level technologies that are prepared for, you know, 30 people in the room trying to use an iPad to display at the same time. And the list goes on. It's like, there's nothing that residential prepares you for in commercial, uh, in resi-mercial, that it doesn't also prepare you for in commercial. There's no difference. So to your question, um, I think what I guess they need to prepare for is a, a different mindset of customer, right? Somebody who's more focused on, uh, hopefully, on sort of measurable business results on, on specific kind of broad requirements that are hopefully scoped by by thinking about all of their different users, whereas a residential environment is much more about one user or one user and their family um, and, and these very specific, very custom environment that they want. Um, there are certainly different technologies that you need to be familiar with. I mean some of the basics are the same, like how you how you distribute wired video. The technologies in commercial and resi are kind of overlap a lot. But again, like like how to how to do wireless video i mean an apple tv is a fantastic device at home for hooking up your ipad wirelessly to your tv um but anybody who's ever tried to put 50 or 100 apple tvs on one corporate network uh quickly learns that there are just there are just problems that apple tv never set out to solve uh with that so uh, resi Marshall seems like an irrelevant middle step um, and if you want to get into commercial, then you need to go learn about what are the needs of commercial clients, what are the needs uh, of those spaces, and what are the technologies that fill those needs. Now, the good news is you have a leg up, you know, from somebody off the street who doesn't know those technologies at all because there's overlap.
0: Yeah. And actually, Kirsten, that's a question I was going to ask you. What is the overlap? What translates well between these two spaces?
2: Well, yeah, I think it's funny because I think the real opportunity here that he kind of could have really dug into is... Coworking spaces right like this is really what he's talking about is co-working spaces all these people who think they can open up a storefront and put a bunch of desks in it and then a bunch of couches so it feels like google and people will come here and work you know and it's just it's always that aspirational thing i think the only part that makes it residential is that oh we've got a sofa and a ping pong table but um you know
1: i read that somewhere (laughs) in
2: here oh yeah exactly everything's gonna be on tap but um that's the essential. And if you can get that cool, uh, con- that uh, coffee machine that comes out of the counter that you can control with the crustron control panel, then that's the future. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think I think about co-working spaces and I think about there's this other new thing where it's already happening here in Brooklyn, um, Denizen and Bushwick. It's a new brand new housing development that is specifically built with built-in co-working spaces, maker spaces, and collaboration areas, right? So it's already built for the, hi, you work from home crowd, Um, now you can live work from home. And I think that's kind of where the cool stuff could be happening with this. Um, If you're going to get into commisidential, commissidential, I like that better (laughs) than resi (laughs)
0: Um, that's that's much more that's much more blocky to say
2: though. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun though. <laughs> I always like the more tedious version of everything, but um, I think that's there's a lot of interesting overlap there. You know, it's how people are working today. People aren't going to the office as much. You know, like it's 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 just a different thing. You know, and I think that's where the opportunity is. Is where else are they working, and how can you outfit it with stuff that works in those spaces?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I thought, right. I
3: thought another interesting point there was they talked about um, the goal of, of sort of hiding the technology um, yeah. and, and, and making it more comfortable. Um, personally, you know, just, just from my own background, if, if it works well, if your technology works well, it will definitely be invisible. It doesn't really matter if you can see it. If you don't have to fuss with it and change the cables a whole bunch, you know, that's really what makes it disappear um, more than anything else. But, but we personally, I mean, at, at Plantronics, our, uh, I will tell you, our office looks a lot like those pictures. Uh, we have couches, we have an aquarium, we have waterfalls. And I will say, one of the things is, is it just gives you a different vibe, so you, you have this different energy, to your point about, you know, I work from home, but I'm not at home, because I do think, working at home, you're in kind of your own space, and you're working individually, but together, there's a sort of like, you know, different vibe that I think is really important to, to workers.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. All right. Our last story here comes for us from our, our friends over at AV Magazine and about Coca-Cola's new integrated workspace transformation and how the soft drink company developed their headquarters in South Africa to uh, provide seamless data sharing, uh, manage managing meeting rooms and scheduling. Uh, from the article, "quote unquote," flexibility was key when designing the spaces and deploying the technology throughout. Justin, I'll start with you on this. Um, what what should integrators understand about this new workspace and we kind of already talked about in the last in the last article but what these new workspaces whether it's it's the the co-working spaces that that Kirsten talked about or it's new offices with waterfalls what should integrators understand about these new flexible workspaces
1: I mean there's, there's nothing new under the Sun right talk to your customer find out what they're trying to achieve uh, from a functional perspective, right? It's not their job to know, use this box, that technology or other, but, but how do you want to work? What are the problems that you have today? And then it's your job as the integrator to, to identify the, the, the technology solutions, the product solutions uh, that can make that happen, whether it's a, a fully integrated workspace transformation or a co-working space or just a plain old 10 person conference room, because I think people still use those sometimes. Um, you know, understand the problem that someone has and solve that problem, right? That's that's how you make any business successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Kirsten, where can integrators bring the most value when it comes to designing and, and integrating these spaces?
2: Yeah, I think when we talk about, you know, what it means to collaborate when you're trying to do a good integrated workspace, um, everyone always uses the word seamless, but everyone uses that in like a million different ways. and I like we're still not quite there I, I think for me the most important thing they can bring is access like so when you walk in well first you can walk in because you know the meeting room is available <laughs> and then you know all that stuff where I want to access per, a particular kind of media and show it a particular kind of way interact with it a particular kind of way without having to think about it you know like Caitlin was saying like let's keep it invisible let's keep it effortless but I think access is really the thing people want to be able to get everything that's on any device or you know on a server beyond the room um without having to think about it or plug something else in and i i kind of wonder if we're there yet you know i've been talking to a few integrators um one in particular that has a demo room where they can just walk in and push a button and their laptop is recognized and instantly goes on the screen you know this can happen um I just wonder, but I think their clients constantly walk in there and go, you can do that? And they already have the technology to do it, but they never do it. So, it's just interesting. I think we're still kind of, we're still messing around with a lot of dongles. (laughs) I kind of like that as a catchphrase.
1: (laughs) I like that. Uh, It's my show title, Tim.
0: uh, Uh, Wouldn't be the first time we had it on a show title. Uh, Caitlin, last question for you is, what are manufacturers doing to support this new move uh, to these new spaces?
3: You know, um, we've always sort of uh, taken an approach to, we're part of an ecosystem, right? We're the, the last uh, three feet. Um, we have been audio now. We're audio and uh, video now with Polycom. So we understand where we are in the chain, and we work with each uh, platform and other concepts to try and make those magical moments happen. So we understand where we are. To Kirsten's point, you would think that pushing a button and starting a meeting is relatively straightforward, but there's a lot under the hood that needs to be done, and you know, we call it's kind of a messy problem. Um, So we're right in the middle of it, uh, you know, looking at each problem, working with each partner. to be able to, to enable those, those great features.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of, of meeting spaces, we actually have a webinar on this in a couple of weeks, um, September 25th at 1 p.m. with my buddy Mike Shen, Victoria Ferrari, and Ernie Beck. You can set up that on our website. Folks, that has been uh, our show. Thank you so much. Ms. Kirsten Nelson, uh, how can people find you?
2: Um, you can find me mostly for the articles I write for vixa.org these days. It's the best way to find me
0: all right very good mr justin kennington how can people find you and or the sdvoe alliance
1: uh you will find the alliance at sdvoe.org or at sdvoe on twitter all
0: right and you already said you don't do social media so don't bother yeah totally <laughs> don't bother looking for justin there uh, Caitlin, thank you so much ma'am you've been a pleasure to have uh how do people you. find you or plantronics
3: Uh, You can find me on Twitter uh, at Caitlin underscore Orsini, um, or, you know, come on by our Plantronics uh, website um, and uh, send us a message.
0: Very good. Um, My name is Tom Albright. Don't follow me on the Twitters. Uh, At this point, I'm still... lost to the Green Bay Packers uh, a week ago, but you can go by the website avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. I mentioned two of those you can find. One is our weekly look at the residential space with my buddy Matt Scott hosting. Uh, AV Social posted a new one this week where they looked at at Resi Marshall, one of the stories we did this week. Uh, also, while you're there, check out our underwriter section. Uh, these are the folks who s- support us and help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and all the others. SDVOE Alliance is one of those. So we thank them for their support. All that and more at avnation.tv avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV AV Week <laughs>